Blog Talk Radio. Pulling rabbits from his hat Oh, well, I didn't know it worked like that Sounds great until you do the math And now people waking up Poking heads out of their stuff What an expensive turtle shell It's probably just as well because I don't want to be the machine Powered by Get around. 
Good evening and welcome. Thank you for joining us here on the Legacy Forum tonight. This is Robin and Harry Shavri. The Legacy Forum is our way of giving back. Just to let you know that your childhood dreams can come true. We do this in a number of different ways, different segments that Harry and I bring to you each and every week different guests that pop in and share how they are living their childhood dreams and therefore leaving a legacy. So you talk about living a legacy, living a legacy. There was a young man that is no longer with us that I would love to dedicate the show to tonight. Did not get the privilege of meeting him in person, but Mr. Jack Jason Chaudhary. Today, his birthday and we feel his presence even though we're not blessed to have him walk beside us any longer and even though I did not get the privilege to meet him Harry's son is with us every day every day and I would love to have the privilege of dedicating tonight's show to we love you happy birthday buddy your childhood dreams can come true. You can, you can accomplish greatness. Jack was this in the world. Hell, you, you can, you can do what you set out to do. So, don't let unused potential be in your life. Graveyards are full of unused potential. Don't let that happen. Life out of life, get out there and live life to the fullest. And again, truly, that's why we're here, because sometimes it's just too comfortable not to even try, especially if somebody's not kicking in your ass a little bit to motivate you and help you get there. So, you know, tonight we started out with the machine, Amy Hendrickson's song that we love. We love the words. They really are powerful. So if you listen to us each week, hopefully every time you catch that song at the beginning of our show, and it motivates you to not really be part of the machine, not necessarily rising up against it, but do your thing. Do your fly, your freak flag proudly. Do your thing. So some people that are doing their thing is Amy Hendrickson, and they're doing it with a Kickstarter project to fund a local honey. So go to kickstarter.com and search for local honey and help this positive project. Amy Hendrickson and other artists of the oldest city in the contiguous United States, St. Augustine, are coming together to put this documentary together, to put this album together, and to bring some history, some fun stories, some amazing talent together. But they need our help. They're doing awesome. Yes, you remember, it's only been a few weeks ago they were on our show, quite a few of them, along with Amy, of course. Right now, you may remember their goal is $16,000. They have 31 days to go 
and right now they're 55% funded at $8,767. So they're doing awesome, but they need your help. And remember, you can be part of their dream. You can join this project, and your name will be on the documentary simply donating and helping them live their dream. So really, that's what life's about. If you help enough people live their dream, eventually, it just, you can't help it. You'll be living your dream. But it's not focusing on your dream. It's focusing on the dreams of others. So as always, remember, you can call in. If you're listening on the Internet, you have a question, you want to chat, Call in at three four seven six seven seven zero sixty nine nine. That is three four seven six seven seven zero sixty nine nine. You can find us on the internet if you're on your phone and you're about out of minutes by going to blogtalkradio.com and look for Legacy Forum. So each and every week brings us a an extraordinary list of things to know. I hear him back there chomping at the bit, ready to go. So, Harry, what things do we need to know this week, my love? Well, my love, thank you so much for dedicating the show to Jack. That was quite a surprise. And for those that know me and and for those that uh, got to know Jack, he was quite an extraordinary young man. He was ranked fifth in the world in the martial arts when he passed away. He would have been 38 today, and... And if I could, if I had half the courage he did and, and could live up to his expectations, my life would be complete. And you help me do that every day, Robin, so I, I greatly appreciate it. Uh, Jack, I love you and I miss you. So on, on with the show and this week's things to know. Know this, Alaska is the most eastern, western, and northern state in the United States. Know this, heroin was once used to treat children's coughs. Bear sold heroin as a cough, cold, and pay remedy until 1912. Know this. There are more synapses. That's for those that uh, don't know what synapses means. It's nerve connections. You know, some of us had to look this stuff up now. There are more nerve connections in your brain than there are stars. Know this. There really is a town called Nowhere, Oklahoma. Not to be outdone, Arkansas proudly boasts of toad suck Arkansas. Know this, 4.3 billion federal tax dollars was used to build military weapons not needed or wanted by the military. So after they were built to keep, you know, the lobbyists happy and the Weapons producers happy. These weapons were given to local police departments throughout the country. And that's this week's Things to Know. Never cease to amaze me. Never cease to amaze me. Keeping with our tradition, we're going to keep on with some Amy Hendrickson tonight. Under her feet. You haven't heard that one in a while. Here it comes.
when it comes to assigning blame, that we should look at ourselves first. We should look to see if our actions had any part of where we are or what has happened. Chances are, no matter what has happened to you, there is at least a portion of the blame that can be redirected, aimed back to our actions. Some things, you know, some things may be completely out of our control, but there's always lines that can be traced back to either our action or inaction that could have, may have, possibly prevented an unwelcomed outcome. You know, the economy is an example of misplaced blame. Each of us, every one of us, has two economies that affect our lives. The national economy has an impact upon our financial condition, but your personal economy has the most important impact on your life. Too many people find it easy to point a finger and, and blame others for things that go wrong or things that cause their economic woes. Since there are so many complex factors, there's a bunch of them, that go into making our economy run effectively, there is almost always a big business or an individual policymaker to blame. There may be some you know, small nugget of truth or some sliver of honesty to such accusations. I acknowledge the issue. But we, each of us, has responsibility and power to have a fruitful economy. I want to focus on two economies. Let us examine our behavior and ask what kind of effect it is having on the economies. We, each of us, you and I, are just individuals with a very little influence on the national economy. But by focusing on the national economy, people come to believe that everything is outside their control and therefore a problem somebody else must fix. The American middle class has effectively dug their own economic grave. The American middle class has bought into this lie that the national economy is to blame for their own economic problems. The truth is our personal economy is the one in which we live and we have greater control than we ever imagined. Here's where the problem is found. Nobody likes to be told they are responsible for some kind of wrongdoing. Nobody likes to be reminded they have financial problems because of the decisions they made. The truth is, it's hard to argue the American public has done nothing to do with the economic troubles of the past decades. Fixing the national economy boils down to this. Fixing the national economy boils down to voting. The choices we make in the ballot box have led to the fostering and incubation of a system that is not only unrealistic, but also completely unsustainable. The middle class has to take on most of the blame. You and I have to accept responsibility and take the blame. 
as a medium wage in, uh, income earners, wage earners in this country. We are also the largest segment. The middle class acts as a buffer of sorts, you know, kind of between the rich and the poor. If it weren't for the middle class, if it weren't for you and I, there would really be nothing stopping the poor from engaging in massive protests and acts of civil unrest. It's a promise of a better future through hard work and education that keeps people, you know, more or less in line. For the middle class, for you and I, for most of America, it's the hope of one day entering the ranks of the rich, entering the ranks of the wealthy, being one of those people that keeps people on the straight and narrow. The idea that we will all be rich one day has deeply permeated American society, despite the fact that will happen only for a very, very, and I mean really very few of us. But it's those ideas that one day will all be on top that keep people voting for policies and politicians that do enormous harm to us economically. Stop and think about this. Why are the nation's poorest states, like Mississippi, like Alabama, constantly voting for the most conservative politicians? These, the conservatives, are the people who want to institute policies that keep wages low, cut back on public assistance, and only shift money towards the rich. Citizens of those states would be much better off if they voted for more liberal policies and lawmakers. But they don't. It's because they think in the long run that they will benefit from the policies favor the rich. After all, they're only a few years away of hard work or one big idea away from being rich. While that idea has marinated and become commonplace among the lower and middle class people. The rich have slowly but surely eaten away at the foundations of the country. Like I mentioned earlier, and I tell people repeatedly, look at the stats. Wages have stagnated. Jobs are disappearing, and the cost of living has skyrocketed. But people, the American voter, in many of the poor states, continue to support policies that only seek to hurt them and make the climb up the economic ladder even more difficult than it already is. Now, there are other things to blame for the state of the national economy. I realize this, like globalization and technology. But even those factors don't reverse the damage people are doing to themselves in the voting booth. The Economic Policy Institute recently released a study shedding some interesting and even more insightful light on this subject. I mean, let me quote, let me quote, let me find it, the, the findings of the study. Focusing, and I quote, focusing on technology as the cause of rising wage inequality over the last 35 years away from the real underlying causes of inequality conscious choices about economic policy 
which have consistently undermined the bargaining power of workers at the middle and bottom. Now, that was a study, not by some liberal think tank, but it was the study released by the Economic Policy Institute. Moreover, the EPI says that the major shift in the way Americans vote is really the best solution to solving our economic woes. It's the national economy strictly and permanently by voting. Namely, Americans, you and I, need to put power back in the hands of workers. If people really wanted to help themselves and the people around them, then it all starts in the voting booth for solving the problems of our national economy. Remember, I said there's two economies. Every American does have a voice in the direction of our country. It is simply a matter of gathering enough voices together. That's the prime option for middle class that is desperately trying to lift itself out of the dirt. Now, the second economy, your personal economy, everyone's personal economy is much, so much easier to fix. It is so much easier to solve economic issues. We don't need massive amounts of people to vote. First thing we ought to do, each of us must take responsibility for our own personal economy and look at where we spend our time and what we feed our mind. Ask yourself the hard questions. Focus more on your personal economy where you have more control. And you've got to be honest. Do you spend more time watching sports or generating wealth? You and I both know the answer. The vast majority of Americans, where do they really spend their time watching sports or generating wealth? Where do you spend your time and money shows the world where you place value. If you spend more time watching television than you do generating wealth, you are telling the world and, which is far more important, your subconscious mind, television, the idiot tube, is more important than the security and comfort of you and your family. How many hours a week do you spend feeding your mind reality TV or talk radio or some computer game? Compare that with how many hours a week do you spend listening to positive CDs teaching you how to live a more productive and positive life. Be honest. How many hours a week do you dedicate to improving your personal economy, increasing your financial security, being a better person, being a better parent, being a better you know, husband, being a better wife? How many hours a week do you spend improving your life? Or are you just floating along like a candle in the wind? The vast majority of Americans spend their time in immediate sensory stimulation or satisfaction. If your personal economy is in shambles, chances are the answer lies in how you spend your time and what you feed your mind. We have become a people, a nation, a society that likes to blame. 
Look at Facebook. You see it all over Facebook. People misrepresenting politicians and economic policies because they would rather believe what they see on Facebook than research the truth. They would rather shift the blame than to accept the blame. In fact, we enjoy shifting the responsibility to other people. Game. Who can make up the biggest lie about our failures and blame it on someone else? The truth is, each of us, you and I, are responsible for the national economy and our personal economy. The answers to the national economic problems can be found within the voting booth. Stop voting against your own economic interest. And the answers to our personal economic ills can be found within us. The power and responsibility of both economies belongs to us. Change your life, and we have the power to change our country. The responsibility is ours. So I ask each of you to stop the blame game and improve your own life and accept responsibility. And I have the power to play Farewell to Fear. Their song called Breakthrough. That was some deep stuff. Give a listen to this song. Toss those words around in your head. Toss those words around in your head as you listen to Farewell to Fear, Breakthrough.
you know, people people have asked me, Harry, why in the world are you so big on network marketing? And I got I got to tell you why. It's the only way I know that someone can work five hours a week and make that five hundred dollars a month residual income that can keep their house payment going. You know, most surveys showed that during the economic crash of 2008-2010, that $500 a month more in income for the average American would have saved them from defaulting on their home loans. Network marketing is a low-cost investment into your economic future that could produce some very high yields. We talk of the power found within network marketing business the business model, and the primary reason is it's so powerful because it's focused on personal responsibility and development is unmatched in any business model. A good relationship marketing company is really a self-development company with a product. I know of no other companies, no other, no other model of business that stresses self-development as much as network marketing. If you really want a better life and you want to improve your financial situation, take a couple hours and read the book called The Slide Edge by Jeff Olson. It's given to many college freshmen during their orientation because the book is that damn good. You know, there's many books and theories on how to succeed in business, but and tonight... Tonight we're going to do something a little different because we try to keep our talks about how to do something. But tonight we're going to teach you talk about how to fail in business. Success and failure often require the same amount of time and effort. Success and failure are equally easy to do. If you want to fail, here are some surefire methods of failing. The first one I'm going to talk about is self-centeredness. The person that lives in their own little world is the person that no one likes to do business. Most successful people, most successful people in business are people that other people want to be around. People with the big eye disease are the most difficult business associates. People who are always preoccupied with themselves monopolize the conversation and always turn their their subject back opinions, their abilities, their accomplishments, and their agenda. They, self-centered people, are so concerned about the interest of the big I that they have no time to consider the interests of others. The surest way to failure is to adapt a big eye posture. And if you want to know who has the big eye posture, listen to how many times they, be lo- they begin a sentence with I. Number two, if you really want to fail, if you really set out and said, you know what, I want to waste all this God-given ability and in a country that has unlimited potential, I want to waste it all, Make hasty assumptions. People who jump to conclusions rarely land in the middle of success. Facebook, social media network, is full of people who jump to conclusions, and they make hasty assumptions. 
the other day. There was a, a friend of mine, an acquaintance on Facebook, that made an outlandish accusation of a statement that uh, a politician made. So I challenged him where he made it. Come to find out, he admitted the politician never made that. Our our leader never made that statement. And his comeback was, yeah, but Harry, I think he really believes that. So people who jump to these conclusions rarely, rarely are successful. We often prejudge circumstances by surface appearances without investigating what lies underneath. And that's what my head friend had done. We, you and I, have become a society where instant everything is prominent. We make pop-up toaster decisions. Hasty assumptions and hasty decisions are hurting our business and they're hurting our personal lives. Think about it. Do you really think I want to do business with my friend who made that assumption and place it all over Facebook? Hell no. If you want to fail, it is easy if you develop the habit of making hasty assumptions. You want another another quick way to fail? Negative attitudes. Some people are expert rainmakers. They bring their bad luck through negative attitudes on everything they do and everyone they meet. They know things are going to go wrong. And this faith, this faith of everything's going to go wrong becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Whether you believe in a positive outcome or a negative outcome, you will probably prove yourself right. I don't know how many times I've heard people say, Harry, I can't do that. And I ask, why not? And the response is, well, I've never done it. Or I've asked, why don't you do this? Harry, I can't do that. And I'll say, well, why not? Well, my friend's uncle's brother told me I couldn't. Makes sense to me. If you want to fail, it's easy. Just expect it. Another sure path fire to failure is the quest to be liked. That's right. Everybody, I mean, it's kind of natural to want to be liked, but that quest, and there's people out there that they're so bent on having everyone like them. But it's natural to want people to like you. I mean, we draw strength and inspiration from our friends. I mean, the warm glow of friendship is a great morale booster. It is, and I understand that, and I appreciate that. If the desire to be liked becomes a primary motivating factor in your decision-making process, bingo, you win by failing. People deny this personality trait all day long, and often those denying it the most have this desire the strongest. So if you really want to fail, please all the people you can and strive to be liked by everyone. Now, most people will say, no, I don't really care who likes me. I'm a loner. I do things on my own. But watch their actions more than their words. Fail. You win respect. If you really want to win respect, you set high standards and live up to them. So if you want to lose... Set low standards, have everybody like you, 
and live up to those standards, standards while pleasing everyone. And the last thing we'll talk about, because I don't want to talk about failure too much, but I see it every day, and, and, and you got to take my word on this. The last one is disregard for courtesy. Now, we, we just left. We spent a couple months in one of the most courteous, courteous cities in the world, Fort Collins, Colorado. That's why that city is a success. So if you disregard courtesy, you're going to fail. Some people go to the author's extreme. They interrupt people at will, and they say what's on their minds without regard for the person's feelings. Now, in certain parts of the country, people are very proud of, I speak my mind. I speak my mind. I tell it like I see it. Well, you and I both know those people don't have a mind to speak, and they tell it like they were told. People with disregard for courtesy, they think the world should run on their schedule. So they show up for appointments when it's convenient, and they keep others waiting. To them, concessions or compromise or agreements are for weaklings, and diplomacy is usually only for used as a manipulative tool. These people who disregard courtesy, these people have learned the one of the most powerful, potent secrets to failure. Courtesy. Courtesy is the oil that lubricates the winning machine. Courtesy smooths the path to success. You want to see a loser? Losers know this, and they avoid courtesy at all costs. I know you're excited. You're not going to avoid this. It's that time again. It's time for some weird news. You know, that's one of my favorite portions of the show. Besides the music of Amy and besides talking to guests and, and, and besides talking to our friends, I like to enlighten this world with weird news and weird information and weird stuff that we don't think about. You know, from one of the most quoted presidents in the history of the United States, as president and as governor, he came out with some of the most bizarre, hilarious, and dumbest things a person, let alone a president, could possibly say. Now, he has millions of fans. I get all that, but they don't listen to him. Or if they do... I question their intelligence. But nonetheless, American politics, the economy, the war, taxes, family, as soon as this gentleman, our former president, opened his mouth on anything, he was almost certain to put his foot in it. But God bless him for all the fun he provided us. You know, in in November 2001, November 2001, this president, I've got to quit laughing, but I'm telling you, this president asked Brazilian President Fernando Cardoso. Now, remember, the president of the United States is asking the president of Brazil, Fernando Cardoso, do you have blacks, too? And you ask me which president? George W. Bush. 
Weird News. That's pretty weird. Thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you for taking time out listening to the Legacy Forum. Remember, you can email us anytime at LegacyForum at Yahoo.com. Do you want to change the direction in your life? Well, you can improve things. Sometimes all you just need is 20 seconds of insane courage. And I promise you, something great will come of it. Now go out there and make somebody else happy.
hide it quick so no one knows I'm forgetting what I've seen I prefer lucidity But perception's only everything But when I saw your eyes They cut me with surprise I was jealous of the air you breathe You left your jacket here And you placed Remember, don't forget kickstarter.com, local honey. Be a part of this project. You know you love Amy Hendrickson. You know you love St. Augustine. You know you love your name on the big screen. Do it. One more song for Amy. Take us out tonight. How about those rock guys? Let's bone melancholy. It always surrounds me. Easier to be blue when your eyes always match your moon But it's not fun to dance to It's worth the romance too I've got to change it, rearrange it And teach my rock how to roll Here we go
Everything. 